day four together of our look at 2 Corinthians chapter one, our first week of looking through this great book. We're gonna look at verses 12 to 20 today. We're in this look at a servant survival manual. And yesterday, the last few days, we looked at how do you survive a feeling of despair? You rely on God. You rely on a God who gives hope and a God who will deliver you. And as we talked about in the prayer at the end of the day yesterday, relying on God is not something you do just once. If you're like me, it's something you have to come back to again and again and again throughout the day, especially when you're facing feelings of despair or loneliness or discouragement. Just keep relying on him. Keep setting your hope on him. Now, in, beginning in verse 12, Paul begins to turn to some personal comments about why he's writing to them. And as he begins to write about why he's writing, you see that he's going to have to survive something else. He's having to survive some misunderstandings that have come his way about his motivations from the Corinthians that he's writing to. Listen to what happened in verses 12 to 14. Now, this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, in the holiness and sincerity that are from God. We have done so not according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. For we do not write to you anything you cannot read or understand. And I hope that as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand fully that you can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Beginning in verse 12 and all the way through, oh, about the fourth verse in chapter two, Paul talks about surviving misunderstandings. Now, what's the principle? How do you survive misunderstandings? You build in your heart a confidence based on conduct that's marked by holiness and sincerity. You keep living the right way. You see, the Corinthians had misunderstood Paul's motives. And in fact, as we get into this story more, we're going to find out more about this tomorrow, they'd actually trusted those who had selfish motives for a time as their leaders, rather than trusting the word of God from Paul. What do you do when that happens? What do you do when someone misunderstands why you do what you do, especially when you've done it out of a good heart and they act like it's because you were selfish and they reject you rather than accept you? What do you do? You keep doing what's right. Paul says we continue to conduct ourselves in holiness and in sincerity that are from God. You keep doing what's right. Paul says here we continue to conduct ourselves not according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. What does worldly wisdom say? Worldly wisdom says someone misunderstands you, you misunderstand them back. Somebody rejects you, you reject them back. Somebody doesn't want to uh, scratch your back, you don't want to scratch their back. Worldly wisdom is all about being reciprocal. And if you're good to me, I'll try to be good to you. But if you reject me, I'm rejecting you right back. Instead, Paul says, I'm going to conduct myself according to God's grace. What's God's grace? It's an undeserved gift. That's what serving Christ is. Every day you're giving an undeserved gift because God's given an undeserved gift to you. And Paul says, that affects my character. Because of this, he says, I live in holiness. I live in sincerity. So Paul says, instead of, because I'm misunderstood, instead of reacting against someone, becoming bitter, I'm going to keep living in holiness and sincerity. Holiness, that word means set apart. That means living out the character of God in my life as best I can with his strength and power. Sincerity means I'm not living a lie. I'm not faking it. I'm living the truth of his love in me. You keep doing what's right. Now, in doing that, Paul says a couple times in these verses, he talks about boasting. You need to understand boasting if you're going to study 2 Corinthians because the word boasting is all throughout this book. 
So what does Paul mean when he talks about boasting? Because he says, this is our boast. He says later, we will boast of you as you boast of us in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might think, well, wait, wait, isn't boasting wrong? Some kinds of boasting are. You see, there's a selfish pride and there is, in essence, a godly kind of pride. Galatians talks about that kind of pride. There is a selfish boasting, a worldly kind of boasting, and there is a godly kind of boasting. What's the difference? Selfish boasting, selfish pride is going to be judged by God. And selfish boasting is based on me, making me look better, making me the center of attention. Really, the question in boasting is, who's the center of attention? In Paul's boasting, the center of attention is God. And what he's boasting about is really bringing into this center of attention the fact that we're going to stand together in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy what he's done in each other's lives. That kind of boasting, here's how you know the difference. That kind of boasting is not out of pride. It's out of love. It's out of love. His love for Christ and his love for those in Corinth motivated him to this kind of boasting. We've conducted ourselves in the world and especially towards you in holiness and sincerity. Paul says, I'm talking about myself. He's going to tell us later in 2 Corinthians, I don't really like talking about myself like this. But he says, I'm doing it because I love you. That's why I'm saying this. So it's out of love, not out of pride. It's with God as the center of attention, not me as the center of attention. And this kind of boasting, if it's done right, God gets the applause. I don't get the applause. That's the difference. Now, Paul is talking here about surviving misunderstandings. You keep doing what's right even when you're misunderstood. He continues to talk about that in verses 15 to 20. Because I was confident of this, I plan, because I'm confident of the fact that we're going to stand together in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, I plan to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I plan to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. When I planned this, did I do it lightly? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no? But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it's always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. There's fascinating truth in these verses about the words yes and no. Now, Paul's talking about the fact that he planned to come visit them and somehow he'd been misunderstood. Oh, he lied to us or, oh, you know, he, he was just trying to build himself up. He never really intended to come to us. Paul describes that the reason really was the struggles they were having. And he begins to talk about the world's way and God's way. And he says the world's way is to say yes, yes, and no, no out of the same breath. The yes that you're saying or the no that you're saying to what you're going to do and why you're going to do it and who you're going to be with and who you're not going to be with, it's all based on you. So you can easily change your opinion. It's either yes or no because it's just based on me and what makes me look the best, what gets the best for me. So I'll say yes to that opportunity until a better opportunity comes along. And then it's no to that opportunity and yes to this one. That's the world's way. Yes and no in the same breath, whatever's best for me. God's way, yes in Christ. Yes in Jesus. In Jesus, the answer is yes. Paul says here that the yes of God in our lives is in Jesus Christ. The yes to all of God's promises in your life is not in some secret prayer. 
It's not in some religious ritual. The yes to all of God's promises in your life is not in you being a better Christian than everybody else around you or memorizing certain Bible verses. Now, you, you should memorize verses. You should spend time with God because it helps you to grow closer to him. And who wouldn't want to be closer to him? But that's not where the yes comes from. The yes to all of God's promises in our lives is in a relationship, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't try to build your life on God's promises without a relationship with Jesus. Some people do. They see God's promises just as principles. Oh, I should be honest in my business. I should have integrity in my dealings. I shouldn't ever gossip because that can hurt people. They believe in God's principles and they want to build their lives on those kind of promises, but it's empty in the end. Oh, it might get you some measure of success because God's principles work, but it gets you no measure of joy, no measure of love, no measure of the things that we most want in our lives. It'll just frustrate you in the end because it all starts, it all ends with a relationship. Jesus came to clearly tell us, yes. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. In Jesus, the answer is, will Jesus really do that? The answer is yes. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus, the answer to that promise is yes. If I come to him, I will have eternal life. Will Jesus really give me hope? Yes. Will Jesus really give me peace? Yes. Will Jesus really free me from worry? Yes. The answer to all those is yes. And so Paul says, the answer is yes, and because of that, we say amen. The word amen literally means so be it. So be it. Yes, in Jesus Christ, and so be it, I say. I say the amen. Jesus says the yes, I say the amen. Don't get that backwards. The so be it isn't based on you, your energy, your strength, your power. It's based on Jesus. He's the one who said the yes. So you're saying, I'm trusting in your yes. It's not about you, it's about him. And so in the end, he gets the praise and glory. Jesus, as we talk to you right now, we thank you for the yes that's in you, the yes to all of God's promises, God's promise of life and hope and peace and joy, God's promise of eternity and God's promise of abundance. The answer is yes in you, and we thank you for that. So today, as we say the amen to this prayer, we want to say it in a different way not just as a word tacked onto the end of a prayer, but as our so be it. We desire that yes to be made real in our lives, but we know it's not gonna become real in our lives as we trust in ourselves, as we look to ourselves. It's only real in our lives as we trust in you. And so, so we say in Jesus' name, amen. 